Hi, colleagues. This is Vanessa Vigna. This is the fifth episode of my podcast, Sea of Chalk. Today's focus is phonics, and today I have my very first special guest, Mrs. Val Brown. She is the reading specialist at Center School, and she is also our local phonics expert. So I invited her to chat about all the phonics things. Let's dive in. something um, that is possibly my weakest link as a literacy person. So I know that a lot of people can relate and uh, just want to like learn all the things from you. So I just want a little background. How did you get so into phonics instruction? Because I know you were a classroom teacher before. I was. So what's your origin story? Yeah. So I was a classroom teacher um, in second grade and third grade. And I actually remember being um, in second grade and some of the kids struggling with reading and just not knowing what to do. And um, and I remember back then, like, no one really did phonics. And I remember even sitting in a parent-teacher conference saying, like, well, your son struggles with phonics, but we don't do that. And, and yeah, I look back and I'm horrified. You know? <laughs> yeah. but, um, so, don't you wish you had a 10 machine sometimes? Uh, yes. <laughs> I always think of those kids like, oh, I could have helped them. But um, so then I had babies and I stayed home and I started tutoring through um, a place called Learning Styles. And so there was a lot of reading instruction. So I got interested in it. And then I decided that I wanted to become a reading specialist before I came back to work. Mm-hmm. So I went and got my CAGS as a reading specialist and got a part-time job reading um, as a reading teacher. And I just got this opportunity to do the Orton Gillingham training. So um, so I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. So I was finishing up my CAGS and I started the Orton Gillingham training. And as I was going through it, I was like, this oh makes so gosh. much sense. It made so much sense. There were so many rules. I was like, I never knew that. And, and then I started to kind of feel upset that I didn't learn that in my reading specialist program. Um, and I felt like after getting all the OT training, I was like, I really didn't know how to treat, teach reading well, even finishing a CAGS program and reading specialist. So um, I don't know, this OG spoke to me, like the rules and the, um, it just made so much sense. Yeah. It cleared up a lot of misconceptions that I had or, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. Um, that's amazing. You like saw the light. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how does phonics, these questions are not in any order. That's so. Nice. And we're just going to bounce and go with it. it. Um, How does phonics instruction change from the primary grades to those upper intermediate grades? So definitely um, 
starting off with the explicit systematic instruction. So there's a specific order. Um, and then once you get to, you know, just all like the short vowels and the blends and the um, silent E moving up to syllable types. So that would be kind of like in the middle, you're like, now you're kind of naming what you've already taught them. So then they, it makes learning multi-syllable words easier because then you know if you know the syllable type you know what the vowel sound is so then that's all explicit and systematic a certain order but then once you get to like say third fourth fifth then you changed and it's really more abstract it's you know bringing in morphology so now you're looking at um prefixes and suffixes that they all have meaning because yeah. our language is morphophonemic so like the spelling is based on the phonemes the sounds and the meaning so um it kind of changes from that basic concrete to more abstract and based on meaning for the morphology. Um, so I'm I'm assuming also then that there should be like in an ideal literacy instruction world, more time spent on the phonics in the younger grades yeah. than in the upper grades. Definitely. In the upper grades, I feel like it's, it is phonics, but it's more like with the morphology, it's also including vocabulary. Yeah, it's more know. language study yes. and not word study. Right. Like, but it does help with the phonics piece. Totally. And the, you know, so it's, I guess it's more complex once you get to the morphology. Yeah. Um, but yes, for the younger grades, I think like having a little bit more time to really get that solid foundational phonics knowledge is yeah. helpful as I go through the grades. Yeah. Um, I've I've heard, you know, there's a wide spectrum of literacy instruction, right? Mm -hmm. So there are some people that are like phonics only, which is extreme, and then yeah. other people that are more like meaning and comprehension only, and that's yeah. like, then there's like the happy medium, right? and also understanding that there are times for this and times for that, and yeah. like being able to mm -hmm. know enough about all those things, yeah. um, but um, it like doing two hours of phonics in like kindergarten or first grade, like that's not what you're saying. No, not at all. Two hours is a big waste of phonics. <laughs> um, that's way too much for me. <laughs> yeah. But if you give them explicit instruction in the skills, you can incorporate incorporate that all day long. You know, if yes. you're in math, like, oh, like let's take a quick yes. look. Look at this word. Like, remember we did, um, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can like point it out all throughout the day. Yeah. But I so, would never spend two hours on phonics. Oh okay. my gosh. No, yeah. That would be yeah. So it's like, life. it's just like raising the level of word consciousness. Yeah. Um, so that you can take advantage of all of those little moments. And there should be like big moments too, where you're doing direct instruction. Yes. Um, but then, you know, you're read aloud. You can like notice little things and, um, and in math, like, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, so, I just mentioned a little bit about like the balance. So how, how do you know how to balance? Like how much time for the phonics stuff versus comprehension plus vocabulary and all of those pieces of reading? So we really look at all the components of reading, Yeah. you know? So if looking at each student, because especially if a student struggles, like it's not like, oh, he struggles with phonics. It's you're almost have to be a detective. Yes. Like where is the part where they're falling apart? Because yes. for one kid, you know, you could have three kids in front of you and they could all have different struggles. You know, struggles. Yeah. So it's kind of being a detective, looking at all the five components of reading and like narrowing in where they need it, like phonemic awareness or phonics or, and sometimes um, it looks like there's a comprehension problem, but 
it's not a comprehensive it's a secondary problem yeah you've got to like get they, to the root issue right like, dig so deeper if their mind is like trying to figure out the word and they can't get the word off the page they're not thinking anything about the comprehension right that doesn't mean that's a comprehension problem but it looks like a comprehension yeah. problem when you ask them about the book and they can't tell you anything about it yeah it's just like not that I'm comparing reading struggles with like diseases and illness, um, <laughs> but I'm going to go there. Yeah, um, like a medical. Yeah. So like you notice these like symptoms, but it's not because of like this cut that you have. It's like something that's yeah. buried. I, I don't even know, but yeah, I think you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, the, and also um, when I think about like some of our younger kids, sometimes they can look like they're really good in phonics. But they aren't because they have a strong like visual memory. Well, if they're words. tricking me, how am I supposed yeah. to know? <laughs> yeah. So I think one of the things is a quick phonics screener. I think every kid should get because even even if they're in fifth grade and you think, oh, they know all those like CBC, they can surprise you. And yeah. I love how it like once you do it, I could narrow down like, oh, this kid has it all except I need to work on our controlled vowels. With yes, them. and you notice and now a pattern. I'm just doing all of these skills with them but I can focus in yeah but um oh my gosh I lost my train of thought now <laughs> it's fine it'll come back to you in the middle of the next question yes. so what was the question you did that um I don't know <laughs> I'm a professional podcaster oh my gosh no oh it'll come back awesome <laughs> Sorry. I can't wait um I, was going somewhere I know it, it's fine um <laughs> Um, so when you're planning these explicit phonics instruction lessons, is there a gold standard template or must have elements? What does that look like? So, um, so through the Orton Gillingham training that I've done and all the brain research that I've done, so, um, I have done is, um, what the ideal way of teaching to make new connections in the brain, because there's three parts of the brain on your left side that work when you're reading. And so when they do brain scans, sometimes kids that struggle, the right side of their brain can light up. So by teaching them a specific way, um, it starts to build new connections in their brain. And they've you know, shown that. So basically, is um, if you're teaching a new skill, like say, I'll just randomly pick out, like say a vowel team, say yeah. OA. Yeah. So um, first, like saying, like saying a whole bunch of words with OA, what sound do you hear that's the same in all of those words? And then looking at it and having the keyword, so O A B O O, and then having them sky right, so it's like the gross motor, yeah. perfectly straight arm. They're yes. writing in the sky, also saying it out loud at the same time. They need that multi-sensory, like using like the different modalities, and then um, going from gross motor to fine motor, texture-wise, they're writing like on like sandpaper or um, I don't know, we use felt, mm -hmm. all kinds of gimmicks, you know, mm -hmm. make yeah. them excited about it. That's right. And then writing, and um, they love the writing because we do three times with your eyes open, two times with your eyes closed. But every time, oh, a, bo, oh, oh, a, bo, oh. And it seems kind of like overkill, but yeah. some kids need that. Yeah. And you it know, totally just works. That, yes. Um, just when you're explicitly teaching it. And then practicing it. Looking at a whole bunch of words. Highlighting all the OAs. Putting that into practice. Then going from words to sentences to in the passage to decodable Connective books. text. Yeah. So then you hoping that you had all this practice. Now when I go to read a, boat, Tran a book, in the levels book, I'm going to see OA. I'm going to know that's the O sound. Yeah. So that decodable text is the scaffold to get them into. Yes. You've got to practice it and get a solid grasp on that concept before they can start applying it just in general to, to more level text. 
Yeah. Okay. So does that same sort of step-by-step um, -step work for working with the morphology piece in the upper grades or like how does it look different in um... it would look a little bit different because you are not going to be um i mean you could i suppose you could skywrite it but no you would more like draw out the meaning so like for instance the word ject or sorry the the latin root ject so like giving them words with the word ject and kind of like give some sentences that they sound a little wonky but you wanted like like Oh, the teacher used a projections projection screen because she had to throw the image on okay. the screen. Yeah, know, make it super it, obvious. And... Yeah, so that they can learn the meaning of that. Mm -hmm. But the important thing about when you teach morphology is the spelling is consistent, but the the pronunciation is not. So right. I wouldn't say um, for B I O it means life. I wouldn't say it. you shouldn't. People do. Yeah. But you shouldn't say bio because if it like symbiotic. It's oh my gosh! So the spelling is always consistent, but the the pronunciation is not for morphology. So, so really for morphology, like ED, I would always say ED e in the past because it has three different sounds. Right. So it depends on what it's attached to. Oh my gosh, the I've, pronunciation. I've totally been saying bio all the time. <laughs> I still I'm do gonna, it too. I'm I know better and I still do it because spell it out now. <laughs> I learned something. Yay. Um okay, so in I'm just looking at your board here and I'm seeing, you know, like the like long vowel sound um mark. It has a name. Yep. The brev and the the macron and the brev. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Those. Um and I'm also thinking about heart words and I'm also thinking about um in foundations students have to like mark up the words, yes. right? Yep. How important is that? I think at the beginning it's important because they're like kind of like looking for it. There, it helps them. It draws their attention to. Yes, attention. Okay. But so, for instance, I just for second grade we were like doing syllable division. So I taught them the syllable division pattern, and we did a whole bunch to practice. But then I gave them a list of words, and I said, "Read those words." But you don't have to mark every word. If you can read the word, read the word. Right. You've like if then if you come to a word that you can't read. Huh, then you use that marking up. To, so it's really just to get them. It's another scaffold. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that takes off a lot of pressure, I feel like, because sometimes the marking up, I'm specifically thinking of foundations. Yeah. It's kind of overkill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, especially when they're, like, scored. I know. Like, if they don't mark scored. it up correctly, I'm I like, know. okay, let's, let's, let's calm down. I know. That's not... Yeah, if they don't. I, that's not the intention of it. No. And uh, we get just a little too grade happy sometimes, you know, yeah. like or scoring happy. Mm -hmm. um, okay. You mentioned multi-sensory things like the sandpaper and felt. Um, are are there some of those techniques that are better or more effective than others? Or is, are they all I sort of made so. equally? I think they're all equal. And it's just kind of what a preference for the, for the kids. Right. And whatever I, I have, have in my closet. different things. Right. Yeah. Just to kind of. <laughs> Cause it keeps them interested like oh yeah. like today we're using orbeez they get excited yeah because yeah. if you use the same thing over and over okay every so skill then they are going to be bored out of their mind okay so shake it up yes okay. but some kids don't like the orbeez because they're like sticky yeah yeah so it just kind of depends on yeah the, and preference, preference. Yeah. yeah but shaking it up seems seems wise i think i remembered what i forgot before <laughs> let's revisit <laughs> circle back when i was talking about the quick screener and yes like, 
how some kids look like they're really good at phonics. Yes. But you do a quick phonics screener and they do very well on the whole thing. But you know, when you have that sixth sense when you're a teacher that something's not right yeah, and yeah. they're not. So that in that case, I don't do it very often, but in some cases I will do a nonsense word quick phonics screener because mm. um, those are those kids that they look like they're really good readers because they have a, like a really good memory and then they hit third grade and they're forced to use their phonics skills because now they're multi-syllable words. They, their memory is not working anymore. And then that's why a lot of times we get to third grade and all of a sudden there's this like crash that's struggling. Yeah. It's because they were never um, using their phonics skills and maybe didn't learn them. And, um, but they look like they do yes. because they're just reading them because they have a really good memory. That is fascinating. Um, all right. Just two more questions. Um, all right. So we've already talked about lots of terminology, phonics terminology, and I don't even know, like the Brev and Macron, oh, yeah. uh, all of those things. I don't know them all. Yeah. What, what are, do you have any tips for the teachers who are maybe overwhelmed and maybe might even be sort of turned off by phonics because there is yeah. so much terminology? Um, how to help, how can they like master that or get over that? Well, like even for like the, the brev and the micro, like I tell the kids like, oh, when it's a little smiley over the vowel, it means it's short. And when yes. there's a line, it means long. So you don't really need that terminology because that's not going to affect them at all. Yeah, as long but as they also, know how they're used. Yeah, and then also like say you're a fourth grade teacher and you don't know what digraphs are. Right. The kids can tell you because they've been doing it so long. Yes. So that's okay. If the, you know, the oh my gosh, say, yes. Oh, Let the children digraph. lead us. Yes. <laughs> the answer to all of my problems. Right. And then like... um say like syllable types I feel like that would be something but I mean you can just use a resource or a reference to go back because a, a cheat type, sheet is okay cheat sheet's perfect oh my gosh <laughs> this is gonna be my next yep. tattoo <laughs> awesome okay so what if you could ask teachers or recommend one thing for them to do to like sort of focus on phonics more yep. um what would you advise that they maybe start trying to weave in tomorrow um, regarding phonics instruction? So I guess that would depend on the grade level. Okay, one. so like primary. If I, if I could say like one thing that I wish every teacher in the whole school yes, would I, do, what I, is it? I would love everybody to do a quick phonics screener just because. <gasps> oh my gosh. Um, because you get so much information from that. And then it's great to progress monitor to see if they've gotten the skill or. So you give the same one. I do. We do the same one. Like oh my! How often do you do it? Um. So we do it like you know the three times a year, but sometimes I'll do it as like a pre. Like I'm gonna teach our controls, but I want to see how many they know before we even learn it. So just know? do those ones. So I just do that little section. <gasps> so I don't definitely don't do the whole thing for everybody, depending on the grade. Yeah. Fifth grade would do the whole thing. They don't even recommend that fifth grade starts with like silent E and R control, but I would prefer it because sometimes that's the missing. I have to dig them. deeper. Yeah. So, um, so depending, you can use sections of it or, you know, so it's very versatile and it gives you so much information and it helps you because, you know, if I have a fifth grader who struggles with reading and all I have to do is teach them R control vowels and easy fix. I've made, yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. And uh, it doesn't take that long to do. Is it? Um, long... No, it doesn't take that long. I mean, depending on students, some students cool. take longer. But the other great thing about it, too, is if I, what I would do, say, like, so for a fifth grader, and I notice that 
they don't have silent E down. Now, I don't want to make it babyish for them. And yeah. like, oh. But that's where you can pull in the syllable types. Like, we're going to review some syllable types. And that doesn't feel babyish. No. Silent E is one of the syllable types. So I'm going to practice single word silent E oh and gosh. then start weaving them into multi-syllable You're words. You're so smart. <laughs> trickster um that is amazing i love your hot tip for everyone to do the quick phonics screener it will definitely be on my next bulletin board oh, great. which is yeah, all gonna be all the reading center kids already get it so well we of share. course they do <laughs> of course we're happy to share but awesome um that was amazing thank you so much for talking with me oh, thank you for asking me yeah um i can see us doing more of this in the future yeah. and i still have little dreams of, you know, some kind of PGC or high quality teacher share that we lead together yeah, to get that. at all the things, yeah. um, to show people that it is possible to do Everything. balance it all, yeah. um, in literacy instruction. Yeah. Um, there's five components. They're all important. That's right. <laughs> no, no one's getting excluded. We don't discriminate against any of them. <laughs> awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. No, thank